Now we turn our attention to the next Aliyah, the next Parsha, the fifth talk, Chamishi. We're moving away now from the mitzvah of Hakel, which we learned about, and returning to the process, the transition between Moshe and Yehoshua. And the Pesach begins in Pesach Yudalit. Vayomer Hashem el Moshe hein korvu yomecholomus. The Rebbeinu Shlom said to Moshe, Behold, your days are getting closer. It's getting closer to the time of your death. Kroes Yehoshua. Summon or call Yehoshua. Vihisyatsvu biyohel moed. And let you, the two of you, Moshe and Yehoshua, Stand, present yourselves to the Ohel Moe, to the tent of assembly. Va'atzavenu. And I will command him. I will appoint him. Rashi says, we find here no command. So va'atzavenu means va'azarzenu. I will inspire him. Va'yelech Moshe va'yehoshua. And Moshe and Yehoshua went. Va'yisyatsfu bi'ohel Moe. And they stood there in the Ohel Moe. Now, here I would like to share with you an insight from the teachings of Nechama Leibovitz, Aleha HaShalom. She wants to point out here how we can see in this Pasuk Yudalad the dwindling power of Moshe Rabbeinu. He's getting weaker. As he himself said, As Rashi interpreted that, he's missing now, he's denied the Mayanos HaChochma, the wellsprings of, of wisdom. He's losing his power, it's being given over to Yoshua in front of his eyes. And he's about to die. And here God says, I, God, Atzavenu, I will command him. Nechama Leibovitz asks us to look at the other sources in the Torah which speak of the transition between Moshe and Yehoshua. Look, for example, in Bad Midbar, Kapitel Chof Zayin, Pasuk Yudches. And there the Pasuk reads, Vayomer Hashem el Moshe, God said to Moshe, Take for yourself Yehoshua bin Nun. Isha Sheruach Bo, a person who has Ruach within him, a person who has the spirit with him, within him. And Visomachto es Olav. Place your hands upon him. This is in Parshas Pinchas. V'hamadeta also lifnei Elazar, hakohen. Stand him up before Elazar, v'lifnei kol ha'eda before all of the assembly. V'tzivisa osoli einehem, and you should be mitzave him. You command him. You appoint him. You inspire him. So who is doing the tzivoy to Yeshua in Parshas Pinchas? 
Moshe. Look next in Devarim Gimel, Pasuk Chav Ches. Now we already are in, in Parshas Devarim. And there the Pasuk reads, Vitzav es Yehoshua v'chazkehu v'amitzehu. Command, I'm sorry, this is in Parshas Vo'eschanan. Parshas Vo'eschanan near the beginning. Perakimul Pasuk Chavches. Vitzav es Yehoshua. God says to Moshe, you command Yehoshua v'chazkehu v'amitzehu. So when Parshas Pinchos, Tvorim Bamidbar Chavzayin, Pasuk Yudches, Pasuk Yudtes, and in Devorim Gimel, in Parshas Vores Chanan, we have the, the, the word Tzav, to command. But who's doing the commanding? Moshe. Here, in our Parsha in Vayelech, in Pasuk Yudalit, Vayomer Hashem al Moshe, Kroes Yoshua, Vaatzaveno, I will command him. Writes Nechama Leibovitz. Ha'havdel hu sheba pasuko acharone emar ki Hashem atzmo yitzave es Yeshua. In our pasuk toward the end of Moshe's life, it is God Himself who commands Yehoshua. As she puts it so beautifully, l'fi ha'pasuk nire Moshe kimi yusar. It's as if Moshe was superfluous. Moshe is no longer necessary. Afilu betafkid shel ha'avarat. Even for the role of handing over responsibility, even in the role of effecting the transition to a new leader, Moshe is no longer necessary. In Pashas Pinchas, Vitzivisa. In Pashas Vreschanan, Vitzav. But here in Pashas Vayelech, Ribona Shalom is the one who effects the transition. And she refers to several midrashim that support this point of view. Very beautiful insight. Let's look at some other aspects of this posuk. One aspect is Vayelech Moshe Yehoshua, and Moshe and Yehoshua went. Where were they coming from? We know where they're going to. They're going to the Oal Moed, but where are they coming from? And here, the Ibn Ezra writes, Vayelech Moshe Mimachane Yisrael. Remember, Moshe left the big assembly, and he went, as the first words of our parsha, Vayelech Moshe, he went to pay a personal call, to take leave, to say goodbye, to offer words of encouragement to individuals. So he went from tent to tent. Now he's left the Machane Yisrael. Now he left the camp of all the Israelites and Boel Machane Shechina. He comes to the Machane Shechina. That's the Vayelech. The Pasuk now continues. Vayero Hashem biyohel moed ba'amud onon, vayamod amud he'onon al pesach oel. God appeared in the tent of assembly in a cloud, a pillar of cloud, 
And he, Kaviyachal, stood there, the, the Amud HaOnon stood there on the door to the tent. So you have this scene. Moshe and Yeshua are enveloped in this cloud. God's glory is there. It's a powerful and majestic scene. But before the coronation, so to speak, of Yahushua, something else happens entirely. And God speaks to Moshe. Notice Pasuk Tesai, and he speaks to Moshe and not to Yahushua. Yahushua is obviously there. Does he hear it? Imagine so. But the words are spoken to Moshe. Behold, you are about to lie with your fathers. You are about to die. Vikom. And stand up erect. Chazal, of course, say that if it's read the way I just read it to you, you will die and you will arise. If you read it this way, and here we have a source in the Torah for the resurrection of the dead. Or you could read it, you're about to die. You're going to die. You're going to lie with your fathers. End. And this people, after your death, will rise up. And they will go astray after the gods of the nations of the land. The nations, the nations, the alien nations, the foreign nations which lived in the land which this nation, the Jewish people, will occupy. Va'azovani, they will abandon me. They will break the covenant that I set up with them. So Moshe has given this bad news, and Yeshua hears it. It's not going to be a very pleasant job that he's taking over, because God himself says, that the people will rise up and follow alien gods. And more than that, God says what the punishment will be. I will become angry with them. I will abandon them. They abandon me in Pasuk Tesayin. I will abandon them in Pasuk Yudzayin. The concept here, I will hide my face from them. As Rashi writes, It will be as if I don't see their suffering. This is Hester Ponim, the hidden face of God. Most horrible of all human conditions. God is silent. God is hidden. And they will be devoured. All sorts of terrible things will happen to them. And they will say on that day, Ah, you know why I'm suffering? That is because God is not within me that these things have happened. Now at this point, at the end of Yud Zion, the Jewish people rebelled. They're punished. They seem to have got the message. They're waking up and they say, God is not with us. That's why this is happening. We would expect now that God would show some sign of forgiveness. But Pasek Yudches disappoints us. 
and says, V'yonochi haster astir ponai bayom hahu al kol horo'o asheroso. I will continue to hide in a double sense. I will hide, yes, I will hide my face that day because of all the evil they had done. They have done. Kifono el elokim acherim because they have turned astray to other gods, to alien gods. And the Mephorshim led by the Ramban asked the obvious question. The Jewish people seem to have, they got it, they, they got the message and they are saying, all this is happening to us because God is not within us. So why is the next Pasuk say, and I will continue to hide my face? There are many approaches to answer this. But one approach is taken by the Meshech Achma in a long essay on the nature of tshuva. Where, basically, as I understand it, and of course I'm paraphrasing and abbreviating the words of the Meshech Achma, so forgive me. But he says there's two aspects to tshuva. One is simply, stop sinning. Repent. That's not enough. Tshuva is not repentance. Tshuva is return. Tshuva is drawing closer to God. And for that, you've got to do certain things. It's not enough to say, ah, God's no longer with me. I've lost my spirituality. That's not enough. You've got to go through a process of tshuva which demands introspection, which demands cheshbon hanefesh, which above all demands vidui, demands confession, which demands charoto, nazivasachet, and kabbalah halabo, and everything that is part and parcel of a true tshuva. That's missing here. Just the statement, is not enough. And therefore, even if they said that, they've not drawn closer to God. To draw closer to God is what's necessary to dispel Hester Ponim, to dispel this Hastoro, this hiddenness, this, this concealment of God. And now the apostle continues, and I always read this, as God's next step, okay? You've got the message at one level, but it's not enough. There's still Hester Ponim. You know how to dispel Hester Ponim? Torah. And you know what kind of Torah? A Torah that I will now call Shira, song, singing Torah, a living Torah, a musical Torah, a Torah that's vibrant and alive, a poem. And therefore the mitzvah is given in Pasagutes. Write for yourselves. To whom is he speaking? Perhaps Moshe and Yehoshua. And saying to them, write down this shiro. Which shiro is this, says Rashi? Parshas Ha'azinu, which we will read next week. Write it down. Teach it to the Jewish people. Put it in their mouths. So that this shiro, this poem, this song shall be a witness, a testimony for me among the Jewish people. That's the answer. That's the way to avoid Hester Ponim. The shiro, the shiro of Hazino. There are many important and interesting aspects to this Pasuk, and I'd like just to stress two of them. One is that this Pasuk is the source for the mitzvah, the last mitzvah of the 613 mitzvahs, by the way, the mitzvah of each person writing 
his own Sefer Torah. The Gemara says, "Meseches and Hedron daf chafalof amet beis." Amar Rabbe, "Afal pishe hinichulo avosa of lo adam Sefer Torah." Even though a person may have inherited a Sefer Torah from his parents, from his ancestors, nevertheless, mitzvah lichtov mishelo. It's a mitzvah to write one's own Sefer Torah. Shenemar, as the pasuk says in our pasuk, "Viato kisvulochem es hashiro hasos." Write down this poem. Now, the question obviously is, if this Shiro Hasos, this song, this poem, is as Rashi insists, not the entire Torah. Shira doesn't mean the entire Torah. Shira means just Parshas Hazino, not even all of that. So how can we generalize then to a mitzvah to write the entire Torah from Bereshis until Zosabrocha? Perhaps it's just a mitzvah to write Parshas Hazino. The Rambam, in Perek Zion of Hilchah Sefer HaTorah, seems to anticipate this question. The Rambam writes, There's a mitzvah upon each and every Jew. To write a Sefer Torah for himself. Write down this song. Kloma, writes the Rambam. Kisvu lochem toro sheyesh bashiro zo she'en kosvin es ha-toro parshios parshios. What the Rambam is saying is, it can't possibly mean just write down this poem, the poem of Ha'azinu, because the rule is you cannot just write excerpts from the Torah. The Torah is not to be excerpted. You don't write, well, a condensed version of the Torah, highlights of the Torah, major themes of the Bible. No, the Torah is a complete entity and has to be written that way. In Kosvin, Sefer Torah, Parshios, Parshios. You don't write the Torah in, in, in bits and pieces. You write all of it. So the commandment to write this Shira must be, yes, write this Shira as part of the entire Torah. And there's one other Gemara which stresses a very important point in this Pesach. Moshe, Yehoshua are told, write down this shiro. But not don't just write it down and put it in the library, put it on the bookshelf. But rather, Velamdo es Yisrael, teach it to the Jewish people, Simo befihem, put it into their mouths. The Gemara Meseches Erevin has the following b'raisa. Rabbi Akiva, of all people, says, Minayin shechayavodom nishnos letalmido adshi elamadenu. How do you know that when you teach a person, you got to teach him something until he knows it? You can't just give a lecture and goodbye. But rather, you have to give it over and be sure that he knows it. You've got to teach it to them so that they know it. And Rabbi Kiva also says in that price, it's a Gemara, it's price is called the Gemara, Erevin Dafnun Dalit Amid Beis, not only do they have to know it, they have to know it well. It has to be, they have to know it by heart. They've got to know it's got to be in their mouths. It's got to be in the tips of their tongue. As the Pasuk says in your test, put it in their mouths. You can't just give general lectures. You've got to teach it to them. They've got to know it. They've got to review it. They have to know it thoroughly. They have to be able to repeat it. My Rebbe Roshavshik used to say, if you can't say it over, you don't know it. You've got to be able to say it over. And so we've reached the end of the fifth little talk on Pasha's Vayelech.
And now we're up to Shishi. Tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem, we will do number six.